afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, and we're already getting love on the Facebook live stream. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Kai Cole. It's wonderful to have you guys already starting with us. Um, you're listening to, oh, thank you. You like my shirt. Ah, hey, Brother Dell. <laughs> oh, I got both of them on here. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not used to getting so much love so quickly. I haven't even started talking yet. This is great. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful show. I've got an amazing guest on the phone with us today. Of course, you guys know what that means. That means you get to see my pretty face for the whole hour instead of uh, seeing two of us. But first, of course, let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. Ooh, two relatively short quotes. Let's see. Let's start first with the universe. When something difficult or painful happens... Always look to see what makes it possible that wouldn't have otherwise been possible. Like a new adventure, a closer friendship, or chocolate in your peanut butter. Everything makes you better. The universe. Uh, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe. Um, especially we love like chocolate and peanut butter. Like that just makes everything better. Um, <laughs> so when something difficult or painful happens... Look to see what makes it possible. You know, so often we have a tendency to judge and to kind of say, oh, like this is good or this is bad. And like, you know, oh, this shouldn't happen. And, and you know, when we're in the middle of these situations, uh, we have a tendency to like just want it to be over and get out of it. And, and our resistance to those situations tend to actually make them a little bit tougher. Whereas, if we can see the gift in those difficult situations, if we can see, you know, what have we learned from it? You know, what adventure, you know, has it brought us closer to someone else? I mean, how many people out there have had that situation where because you were going through a difficult time that it actually brought you closer to somebody else? Maybe somebody else who is also going through a difficult time at that time. Or maybe it's the person who actually was responsible for that difficult time. That once you got through it, you actually became closer than you were before that difficulty started. So we have this tendency to like always look at the, you know, anything that makes us uncomfortable, that makes us, you know, something that's a little painful. We tend to judge that right away, but we forget that pain and uncomfortableness serves a real purpose in our lives. And that when we stop shying away from that, and instead, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say embrace it because it's like, no, we don't want to embrace pain. Pain is, is uncomfortable. But yes, not, if you can't embrace it, just stop judging it. Just Allow it, notice it, see what it is doing in your life, and just check in. And it's like, hmm, is, what is the lesson in this? What is the gift in this? You know, our minds are amazing. They're like the Google search engine. Anything we put into our minds, our minds are going to find an answer for So when we're in some kind of difficult situation, if we kind of put in well, where's the gift? What's the silver lining? You know, what's the beauty in this? How is this making me better, stronger? We'll find those answers. But if all we do is judge it and say, oh, my God, I can't wait for this to be over. Oh, when is this going to stop? Oh, my God, I can't stand this. Then we miss out on so much richness that it could potentially be there in the situation. So I believe what the universe is trying to say, besides everything makes us better, is that when we can stop and take a breath and look at whatever is this particular situation that's going on in the time that may be difficult or painful, to just allow it and be present to it, 
without running away from it, without denying it, without waiting for it to be over, to just be present to it and look for the gift in it. Yes, that takes presence of mind. Yes, that takes practice. Yes, you're not going to be able to do that the first time you try and do it. That's okay. But the more we move in that direction, the more we see the gift, the more we find the gift in it. So a beautiful quote from the universe, and I think actually kind of apropos for what we're going to be talking about today. All right, let's see what Abraham has for us today. No one can deny you anything. You only deny it through your vibrational contradiction. Abraham. Hmm. Another very interesting quote. And one I think very much related to the first one. And that is what Abraham is saying is that nothing external can keep us from what it is that we truly want and desire. The only thing that keeps us from these things that we desire are ourselves. It is where we are not a vibrational match to what it is that we want. So, we want more abundance in our life, but it's not showing up. Where are we not a vibrational match to abundance? Has nothing to do with your boss, has nothing to do with the government, has nothing to do with the economy. It purely has to do with where we are energetically within ourselves. You want an amazing relationship with a partner. Where are you out of vibrational alignment with having an amazing relationship with yourself? We are the creators of our life. We are the creators, in a way, of the world around us. If there are things we desire in our life that are not showing up, the most productive thing, the most productive question we can ask is where am I out of vibrational alignment with what it is that I want? And when we find where we're out of alignment, that's where our work is. That's where the practice comes in. That's where the deeper work happens, where we can shift and change. Because when we do, because when we do line up energetically, vibrationally, where with what it is we truly wish to manifest in our lives, nothing can deny them, deny that from us. So, two beautiful, beautiful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. And it's very interesting because they kind of relate to what Elizabeth Tripp was just talking about in her show, Nourish the Soul. And also, I think, pretty apropos for what we're going to be talking about with our guest. And so it is my extreme pleasure to welcome... Adam Lamb, an author, speaker, coach, and relationship guide. Adam has been a, a speaker, author, and relationship guide for men of all ages, assisting them to reconnect to their authentic masculine power through one-on-one -on -one and coaching programs and immersive retreats. He hosts a weekly live video show, The Morning Manifesto, Man Ifesto, on Facebook, as well as a monthly podcast, Man Ifesto Radio. Um, which is available all over the place, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, the works, where he talks about if a man can open his heart without losing his balls. He is the <laughs> author of Profanity and Its Proper Use, Getting Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, and An Initiated Man, Finally, Discovering My Harmonized Manhood Through Plant Medicine. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Adam. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, I got to tell you, I am just uh, very appreciative uh, for the opportunity to be on with you, and I am a big fan. There was so much, uh, so much 
to dive into just your opening comments. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't even know where to start. <laughs> I know, I know. They're always so apropos. And, you know, I don't cherry pick them. You know, these are the quotes that came to my inbox this morning. And and they're always so apropos for whatever guest I happen to have on today. And, and, and you, my friend, um, I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation because I think this is a very, very timely conversation to have right now in light of the Me Too movement, in light of all the things that are coming out about, you know, all of these people like Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and like every, all these people, it's it's the, the masculine has been so abusive of its power for so long. Mm-hmm. We don't want to deny the masculine, but it's like, how do we live into it? in the proper way that doesn't put down the feminine and doesn't deny who we are as men. Yeah, it's a very, very fine line to walk. And uh, I, even in my personal circles, I have friends who are just kind of like very confused about, um, about their ways of being and feeling into it and saying, okay, so the old ways of like thinly veiled locker room talk or innuendo and conversation with, uh, members of the opposite sex. So if that's off, if that's off the table, then then how do we move forward? Yeah. And uh, it, this whole thing about Weinstein and all these folks who are who are taking a dive. And I spent 35 years as uh, as an executive chef in the hospitality business, uh-huh. and it's uh, it's still to this day known as uh, a rough place for women and mm. and people of color to yeah. come up to, even though they've been probably a, a breath of fresh air uh, insofar as, you know, the old, what I used to call the uh, the old white wall of, of aprons. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it, to me, it's more about a conversation about patriarchy. Granted, it was facilitated mm. by men who were locked into these old ideas of what the masculine is supposed to be, but it's really the abuse of power over those who don't have power. Right. And I think right. that's the bigger conversation that, that needs to be had. Um, although there are folks who want to limit it to the toxic masculinity. And I think that that's kind of a red herring. Yeah, that needs to be addressed. Um, But it's when power comes into the equation that becomes really uh, a a real real danger to anybody. Uh, As I was coming up uh, in the restaurant industry, uh, one of my very first chefs was uh, a woman, Uh and uh, she took it upon herself to visit every single slight uh, that had been visited upon her upon me. So Uh. I was kind of like the representative whipping post, and finally she was going to show me what she had put up with, and it wasn't necessarily uh, a a great experience, although I certainly understood where her... Right. where her anger right. came from. Okay, I want that, you to hold on to that for the moment because we're going to take sure. a quick break. And when we come back, I, I do want to talk about sort of your journey of how you went from being sort of an, an executive chef to mm-hmm. a coach, a relationship guide, and, and, and somebody who is really helping to balance out the, the masculine and the, the sure. patriarchy, okay? So just a quick yep. shout-out before we go to break. Jake, welcome to the Facebook live stream. Laird, Cole Hansen, oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you're here for this conversation today. Craig and Valerie. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Adam Lamb, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who 
do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo! Woo! What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Oh, getting lots of comments on the Facebook live stream about my shirt. Yes, it's a fun <laughs> shirt. It's got like little farmhouses and villages and, and little windmills and things like that on it. I'm going to a little uh, social get together this evening, so I thought I'd wear it. It's kind of a fun shirt. Thank you, Very Kai. Smart, Very <laughs> oh, smart. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Glad you're, you're watching also on the Facebook live stream. So um, we were talking about sort of. Uh, uh, about you sort of being the sacrificial lamb <laughs> to your first uh, chef who, who was a woman. So, so, mm-hmm. so tell us just kind of briefly sort of your journey of how you went from being uh, an executive chef and, and, and sort of coming up professionally in that world to then sort of deciding to shift and change to really focus on this, this aspect of uh, – uh, I don't know, the, embodying the divine masculine, uh, for lack of a better term. Sure. Um, it's funny because uh, anytime uh, my wife and I happen to be in any kind of social situations, uh, even though I, I am now kind of fully focused on my, my coaching business, uh, anytime my wife introduces me to somebody, she'll say, you know, Adam's a chef and a, and a coach. Um, people are, are most often completely uh, enraptured by the fact that I may have spent time in the culinary industry. So there's something about uh, the white jacket that people yeah. find just fascinating. Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong, I tried to do other things. I tried to uh, I tried to go into other industries, but for some reason the, the kitchen just kept calling me back. I started mm. washing dishes when I was 15 years old, uh, uh, went into the Air Force uh, as a cook, which is something that nobody ever did. They usually ended up as a cook because they failed out of another MOS or, <laughs> or a career field. So, um, and, uh, my entire focus was that I wanted to be an eight tier chef by the time I was 35. So mm. most of my efforts, even though I was married and, and starting a family, most of my efforts were based around that, that place to get to. So I was really, really, uh, focused on my ability to, produce excellent cuisine almost to the extent of of ignoring everything else that was calling my attention again Uh, because i thought that i had something to prove uh, so um as i came up in the industry i noticed that there were guys uh, both men and women that i would hire that were incredibly talented but who might uh, who were just who were displaying what martin partel would call uninitiated behavior Hmm. where they would go out all hours drinking and then show up on the shift hungover. And the reason that I recognize that is because I had once been that way as well. Mm. And so I realized that I had fallen in love with the industry, not because I wanted to create great cuisine, but because I really loved the people that I worked with. Ah. So I started spending more and more time actively coaching these people. Um, so, so, I so really to take the, the, pe- program. The, the people in the kitchen uh, sort of became your community. Yeah, absolutely. Be- because it, you, you become siloed in that, in that, between those four walls, they become your family, and to some extent, more real than your than your wife or family, because you end up spending inordinate amounts of time with them. So the relationships become very powerful very quickly, um, and something that you cling to in order to get through a really rough shift. Um, but after I took the coaching program, I realized that all this time I thought I was a great leader. All I'd been was a starch white jacket telling people what to do. Mm. So I started to, to shift my way of being around just asking lots of uh, pertinent questions and having these bridging 
conversation so that people could come to their own ahas about what they needed to do. And I realized that I wanted to assist culinary professionals to lead a more fulfilling life. And haha, none of that's got to do with cooking. So that's how I started actually doing my coaching programs. Um, and chefs as a, as a group are a really tough sell. Um, mm, meaning bet. that it's, it's a market that really needs this type of work, but since they're not really well practiced at, uh, you know, webinars and things of that sort, um, I found that even though that there was a real need, there weren't a whole lot of folks that were, that were willing to engage me because either they thought that it would never happen to them or that they had already faced these demons and gotten past them. Mm. And what I know about myself right now is even though that, you know, I am, uh, coaching and leading men's men's circles, you know, there's still work that I have to do or I get to do, uh, even now. So when you started the, the show talking about pain and problems, it resonated so strongly with me that, uh, because even just after Thanksgiving, I had an issue with my back, uh, which I experienced this excruciating pain, some that I hadn't dealt with in the last 15 years. <clears throat> and instead of running away for it, from it or trying to uh, mute it with painkillers or something like that, I, for the first time in my life, I was actually able to lean in and say, okay, so what is this gift? Mm. What is what is it trying to tell me? And, and right. again, I kind of fell back into the same thing, my, my ever-present way of trying to push and to prove and to validate myself and my body was actually asking me to to basically let it all burn down around me and to mm. take time to to nurture myself and my body and to practice radical self-responsibility around the things that I need to do in order to take care of myself as opposed to constantly trying to take care of others. Right. Self-care so, so important. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's like when you start doing this work, even if you're a guide for other people, you know, <laughs> our own work is never over. And, and, and I mean, I, I, that's why it's called the great work. I, I mean, this mm -hmm. is a, a work of a lifetime, but there's nothing else that is as fulfilling or is as beautiful as, as doing the, the great work on ourselves. I, I think that's what can be so perplexing at times uh, what's been coined uh, awakening schizophrenia because it seems <laughs> like the more conscious we become the contrast becomes so so sharp and so painful that's like what really i got to do more work yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. can i just relax in today and just really enjoy today instead of it being some type of learning opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yeah well th th don't worry there are those days you you, you can relax because as you learn as we practice more self-care we learn that you know what Sometimes it's just okay to play and not worry about doing the work because we need that in order to give us the strength to keep doing the work. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, last year I had a, a pretty mystical experience. I went to Costa Rica and spent a week at a lovely resort uh, doing plant medicine. And Was that Rhythmia? One of the, yeah, it was yeah, definitely yeah. Rhythmia. And yeah. had, had a great time there. Hmm. Um, and that's where I was... Uh, I had a real aha as far as my ways of being around my masculinity. But the other thing was, is, you know, so what is my practice? Mm. And um, part of that was, you know, every morning uh, expressing love for myself because there had been mm. so many times in my life where I was uh, the bad boy and given into believing someone else's story about me that I kind of self-negated both the good parts and the bad parts of myself. So right. part of my practice every morning is expressing love for myself, for my ego, for my soul, for my body, um, and, and resolving and releasing any judgments I might have made at 5 or at 16 mm. or at 17 or at 21 or 31 around someone else, uh, someone else making me the victim, which, of mm. course, is, is silly because no one ever does that. It's what we what we right. take on ourselves right and so the, the meaning... aspect of radical responsibility is is really a powerful thing for me because it means that i can't blame anybody else right <laughs> it's like darn <laughs> and, and i can't after can... a lifetime of practice <laughs> leaning into what that means is is not only refreshing but sometimes um uh 
it's sometimes something that I struggle with because whereas my nature would have been to automatically blame my situation or my boss or my parents or whatever, and now to kind of roll that around and realize that I'm the only one that's responsible um, is both liberating and um, taxing at times. And that, yes. that ability to relax into it, as you were just saying, happens uh, during my practice. And I can't imagine my life without it mm. because... Uh, it, it provides me an opportunity to at least distance myself by a breath or a moment um, to give myself pause and present myself to the to the to the moment, uh, as opposed to allowing my monkey mind or my ego. I, I actually have a a name for my ego. His name is Sluggo from the old Sluggo. Nancy comics. You know, <laughs> and Sluggo will try Sluggo. to convince me uh, otherwise, and he's so full of guile and, and wit that if I'm not on my guard, uh, I'll start reciting the same old story. And- uh, cool. Cool. Um, let me just a uh, quick shout out to some more people on the Facebook live stream. Pat, thank you yeah. for tuning in. Maria, Ta, oh brother, you have to chime in. And Karuna. And I just want to remind people on the Facebook live stream that, um, uh, that if you have any questions or comments, please uh, just type them in to uh, the comment section of the video. If anyone would like to call in and ask their own questions, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. Yes, Karuna, I will be here this afternoon up until about, I think, 530. I got something to go through this evening. Um, so uh, we just got like a minute or so before break. Uh, when did you start writing books? When did you decide to become an author? Uh, I have been writing probably as early as I've been able to hold a pencil. And it's one of the things I realized that is kind of one of my superpowers. Uh, As long as I've ever been a chef, I always had this dream that I would be on stage or writing books. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the time that I was spent as a chef, instead of enjoying where I was, I was constantly looking over the fence and thinking that I should have been doing something else as opposed to kind of leaning in. And that's why now when I get an opportunity to take a short-term contract at a hotel or a restaurant, I enjoy it so much because mm-hmm. I realize that no matter where I go, there I am, and I'm taking it with me, this, this ability to write or coach. And so I'm writing all the time. Wow. Wow. Okay, great. So, so we're going to take our break. And when we come back, uh, I want to start talking about your, your new book, An Initiated Man, finally, mm-hmm. um, and sort of what the inspiration was for that. And uh, we'll uh, continue to explore this whole topic of uh, an in- uh, harmonized manhood, okay? All right. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hello, this is Bruce Chamoff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Adam Lamb, uh, author of the book, new book. Is it out yet, An Initiated Man, finally? Um, it'll be out uh, in a month's time, although um, if you go to aninitiatedman.com, uh, you can pick up uh, not only the first chapter of the book for free, but there's also really great uh, morning affirmation audio. Uh, and um, just kind of wanted to continue to keep up the profile and that this that this book is coming out. So it'll be the Kindle version first, which will be available uh, May 22nd. And then a month later, it'll be the paperback. Uh, and then a month after that will be the audio book format. So oh, I'm wonderful. having a great deal of fun um, kind of playing around with this all, especially the audio book. It's the first time I've ever done an audio book. And, uh, and <laughs> I have to this aspect of, you know, again, with kind of the old forms of masculinity, you know, to be a good soldier and to kind of toil away um, by yourself. I, I had came to this moment where I was formatting the book and I thought I knew what I was doing. And I must have struggled for about three or four days to try to get page numbers <laughs> consistent. <laughs> uh, and, and then because I had this idea that I had to do it myself, do it myself, do it myself. And then finally, in frustration, I posted on Facebook, you know, just can anybody help me? Uh, and this gal, uh, Dagny Grant, responded back to me, and she actually had it done in like less than 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's one aspect of, you know, uh, a new harmonized form of manhood is, you know, realizing when you need help to actually ask for it and then be willing to receive it. Right. Um, because it, it, so much of us, you know, can, can I give you a hand? Nope. Got it. Yeah. Got it. No, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. I'm good as work. You know, yeah. It's, it's okay to stop the car, roll down the window and ask for directions, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. So, so what was the um, inspiration for this book? What, what, what made you decide to, to talk about, you know, harmonized manhood? Yeah. Um, I was, I, was working on a, a much bigger book called uh, Circle Jerk, Lessons of Manhood that my father never taught me. Ah. Um, <laughs> and ostensibly, I know it's kind of a funny title. Uh, so it's, it's about this journey of growing up in a mixed cultured family. My mother's Cuban and my dad was American. Um, my mother was the youngest out of uh, seven sisters and, wow. and two brothers who came from Cuba in the late 50s. Uh, and them coming from an island to coming from an island to it, their memories or their version of Cuba is a, a Cuba that didn't exist anymore. Mm. So when they would get together, these great big family reunions, there'd be all this conversation and, and reminiscing. And not only that, this display of machismo from the uncles and, and godfathers and stuff. So there were these explicit forms of masculinity that I was trained in and uh, implicit also. And the women of the Cuban family were very, very strong uh, and sometimes could, you know, geld, you know, cut a man off at the knees with either a look or <laughs> or uh, or a word. So yeah. it was an interesting time to grow up and be and be viewing this and recording it all along. So I wanted to kind of explore that and how I realized that a lot of what I learned uh, growing up was complete bullshit. Because I realized that I had always been kind of a sensitive guy, um, but didn't seem to be safe anywhere in the world to be a sensitive man right. uh, without, you know, your friends kind of ragging on you or, and, or yeah. becoming a target. Yeah. So in the in the midst of this uh, book, I realized that I actually had to write uh, the next book, which was uh, Initiated Man. Finally, of course, it's a it's an inside joke because. Um, at what point can we say finally about our lives at all? Uh, it, it was just kind of a broadening of this idea of, uh, of my masculinity as it was related to in my relationship with my wife, Jennifer Huff, uh, who's an amazing person. And she's been in the self-development space for about 20 years. Oh. And she's uh, an amazing person. And so it was my fourth marriage. Um, and wow! Wait, 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 wait! Fourth marriage. Fourth marriage. You could say I. Uh, I'm a fool for love. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just curious. How long did the first three last? 
Um, <clears throat> believe it or not, right around seven, eight years each one. Each one. Wow. Yeah, each one. And uh, I started. I started way too young. Yeah. Um, and had a child. Would uh, you start when you were twelve or something? I'm sorry. You started when you were twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But, I mean, it, for the first marriage, I, I had no idea how to love myself, so how could I love anybody else? And, of course, yeah. Um, I made a series of mistakes. Uh, I had this dark night of the soul when I was living on the island of Tortola, British Virgin Islands, where I had to come and view my view myself in my entirety. Um, there were parts of, my, parts of my personality that I had kind of looked away from or not necessarily recognized or completely owned. So I took a resume and, and crossed out the, the, the jobs I had done, um, but used it as a time frame and actually wrote down uh, the major relationships that happened during that time frame, uh, the major life events that happened, oh, um, how those relationships ended, what I made wow. up about life and love about those those endings or beginnings. And after I got done with that exercise, it became completely clear to me of the cycles of which I had been engaged in my life. And part of it was, you know, growing up in a household where any conversation could lead to a huge blowout. I had got somehow gotten a message that confrontation uh, is a bad thing. And so a lot of times in my relationships, I allowed others to believe uh, what they wanted to believe in order to keep the peace, even though I might not necessarily have I might have wanted to have my voice heard um, right. and very often when things were going bad at work uh, or my relationship I I would start um, pursuing uh, another relationship because that was one of the ways that I could feel better about myself was my capacity to to engage in a relationship even right. though it might be illicit or right. or ill-advised so when I had that realization, that's kind of what set me on the path of like actually choosing to live. Up until that point, I had gotcha. been slowly killing myself through through drugs and alcohol and bad choices. And so I said, there's got to be a better way. And so I basically uh, put one foot in front of the other and started this journey and not too far far after not too long after that jennifer came into my life uh, um and so this aspect after we'd been together for three four years i realized that i was still you know still holding her responsible for my happiness you know mm, how could i be so bitter yeah, and jaded yeah, to a woman cool. who was so beautiful who was so kind and giving who was so like my biggest fan i still had this thing about right. me so that's when i decided to take some drastic action and go to Costa Rica to Rhythmia and check this thing out that I had heard so much about. So about was that the first time that you had done? As a way of so gaining that... a different perspective on myself and my masculinity right. and my ways of being. And what I realized was is that what, what I call harmonized masculinity is simply um, us embodying not only the divine masculine, but also the divine feminine that's within us. So that there is a not even necessarily a balance because there is kind of a dance where in some situations, maybe the masculine is more present and some instances, maybe the feminine is more present, but it's this acceptance of me complete who I am, both the good parts and the bad parts um, in neutrality. So when I can say that, yes, I'm a father, son, leader, uh, lover, author, coach, I can also say to myself that uh, I own uh, liar, cheater, thief, ma master, manipulator. Mm -hmm. um, again, in neutrality, not as a way of to kicking myself in my ass, had, as I had done in the past, and using that as an example for uh, a bad behavior or treating myself badly, but as a way of owning who, all of who I am right now in this moment. So, so was your experience at Rhythmia, was that your first uh, opportunity to experience any kind of plant medicine? Uh, in that type of setting, yes. I mean, okay. clearly I had dabbled in all types of drugs and some psychedelics uh, as I was growing up in the 80s. I had done mushrooms, LSD, um, all kinds of different stuff. The thing that I think set Rhythmy apart for for me was this this container that Jerry has put together where there was morning yoga and there yeah, were yeah. daily 
uh, little workshops, an explanation of what to expect and how to integrate that. And then for me, it was how do you bring all that back into your life? Mm. Integrate that yes. into your daily way of being when it can seem at times so remote and, and so distant in your past. And I guess that would be the same way, like if you're going to do a Joe Dispenza uh, weekend workshop, take time out of your life to have uh, this life-altering experience, you still have to get back into your life, and, and how do you integrate that? Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you can do all the plant medicine you want, but without integration. And I'm also going to say community, because from my own experiences, I've learned how important community is, and it is essential as well. But without integrating that experience into your day-to-day -day life, it was just a nice experience and nothing more, and it doesn't actually uh, make the profound changes that it is capable of doing in your life. Couldn't agree more. And one of the one of the side aspects of this uh, of the release of this book is a private Facebook group called um, the Great Spirit uh, Plant Integration Workshop. So oh. it, the idea behind that is uh, biweekly uh, webinars or Facebook lives within that group to assist others who perhaps decided to do plant medicine outside of that particular container to give them some type of perspective moving forward and to assist them in grounding that experience. If I, right. to get back to that daily, that my daily practice, if I didn't have that to kind of help ground me through, again, that kind of awakening schizophrenia, I might, I might believe my ego when he tells me it was all, it was all BS, Adam. He just, <laughs> you just, you just thought all that stuff up. It's right. just a fertile imagination. Right, right, right. <laughs> By the way, when you st were talking about the integration in the in the webinar, you got a lot of uh, Facebook love for that one. Um, okay, time, believe it or not, for us to take our last break of the show. Gee, things go by so fast when you're having fun. They sure do, sir. Um, so quick shout-out to Kevin, Laurie, and Rachel for joining us on the Facebook live stream. And thank you, Dell. Yes, it is all so true. All right, so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I just want to talk, uh, touch upon one or two more topics, and then we'll let everybody know how they can find you and, you know, again, touch and sure. find your books, okay? Yes. All right. That, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com 
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with author and, and executive chef Adam Lamb, um, all about harmonized masculinity. Um, so, Adam, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the need to or or uh, or how, uh, you know, we need to sort of become sort of truly masculine without being egocentered and without being, uh, you know, um, um, self-centered and without being domineering and, and, you know, having to control everything. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of that in uh, the world today that, that you know, the, the feminine is, is rising up and, and saying, you know, standing up for themselves, which is beautiful in a way of like, hey, you know, we're not going to accept being second class citizens anymore. But, but there's also sort of a little bit of a danger that I've noticed in that things can go too far the other way as well. And, and I just saw an example of this on Facebook the other day where someone posted an article about Tony Robbins and his response to a woman on stage about this whole Me Too movement, and they kind of framed it about him being sort of not sensitive to the female side, but in watching the video and reading the comments of someone who, who would watch the whole thing of how what he said was taken very much out of context and that really what he was trying to say, hey, look, what these guys maybe did is not right, but you don't want to you know, uh, uh, cut off a guy's masculinity as well, that we need to be both balanced in the feminine and masculine and that emasculating a man isn't going to give you what you want either. Absolutely. Um, You know, Bill Maher has been uh, speaking out on this uh, quite predominantly on his show. And Matt Damon was a great example of, you know, saying that, you know, a come on at the at the water cooler is not the same thing as rape. And then a bunch of women came out and started to shame him. And uh-huh. Bill Maher's point was like, there are degrees. Neither one is acceptable, and there are degrees between that. So right. it's uh, it's. And here's the point. I believe strongly that if men stay silent, um, then then the conversation can certainly go that way. And when I say silent, I mean, I wrote a piece on my, on my website um, as uh, an apology to the angry woman as an, as an avatar to, mm. uh, to a person that I met. And as my wife read the piece, she says, I don't necessarily know if this is correct because I don't think there's a single woman out there that wants you to tell them anything. They're not looking <laughs> for it. They want to know what you're doing. And, um, that's one of the reasons why uh, locally in Asheville, North Carolina, I started a group on meetup.com and created a, a, a men's circle that meets uh, once a month, um, ostensibly for mm-hmm. two particular reasons. Number one, so that uh, a group of men could come together in a supportive environment and be heard. Mm-hmm. And the second one is uh, at the end of their share, they get to have an ask um, because it's a way of practicing to of asking for what you want, even though the answer may be no. Hmm. And that type of work has been powerful for me, not only as a facilitator, but also as part of the group. And one of the participants said that when he got up that morning, he was like, oh, we're going to the men's group tonight. Okay, I guess. And then by the end of the circle, he was like, oh, my God, thank goodness this environment exists. Um, Very rarely in in our history has been... Uh, the divine feminine and the divine masculine ascendant at the same time. Right. And my belief is, is that with all the different problems that exist in the world, neither by themselves will actually help solve anything. It is only when the divine masculine and divine feminine are ascendant at the same time, can we actually help solve all the, all the problems that exist or a majority of the problems that exist. Right. So there's again, a dance to be had. Um, and, Women have every right to this particular time in history with the Me Too. Part of my apology in this in this blog post was that I'm sorry that it took so long. Uh, <laughs> yes. But by the same token, it, it's going to take all of us. And your point about uh, it takes a community, uh, I, I can't stress how, how important that is to me personally, especially mm. since from the perspective of, you know, what I went through in Costa Rica and then coming back and then creating a community – 
you know, part of the second blog post that I wrote in relation to this was, you know, men, you got to do your work. You've right. got to do your work. And if you can't find a group local to you, then you have to start one. And right. there's some great books out there that have been written on how to hold the space for a men's meeting and things of that sort. But I, I, I think uh, that, that all of us, uh, speaking as men, or a lot of us are walking around knowing that there's work to be done, but kind of unsure as how to do it. When right. I had my dark night of my soul, I never once thought about going on the internet and searching for men's groups. <laughs> and then as part of my podcast, I started finding all these amazing groups, men's sheds in Australia, well, well men in, in Canada, all these different groups that exist yeah. out and there. And the Mankind now. Project, have you heard of the Mankind uh, the Man- Project? Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, talk to Boyson Hudson all the time. Mm. So there are these groups out there now ready-made, and all it takes is for someone to stand up and step in and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to take my stuff on. Mm. Right, exactly. And that's ultimately right what we're trying to do as facilitators is to help support people to bring them to that place where they're ready to make that decision Mm -hmm. yep ultimately as as a coach or a leader the first question is are you coachable right you know are you are you willing are you willing to to consider that there might be a different trajectory that you can be on or a different outcome that might be possible for you and if there's a willingness then that's then that's all that anybody really needs. Right. All right. So I just want to ask you about your other books, just because the titles are so much fun. Uh, profanity <laughs> and its proper use. Real quick, because we just got a few minutes left. Profanity, uh, profanity and its and proper use. What's that about? Profanity and its proper use is, uh, is just a book of poetry um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, around, a particular, uh, around a particular poem that I wrote uh, around everyday language. Uh, an, another one that, that I'm almost done with is a language I don't understand based upon, <laughs> okay. you know, the fact that I very often am with groups of people and they want to talk about, you know, the weather today or the sports. And to me, that's a language I don't understand because very mm. often I'm looking for a deeper, more, right. uh, more profound conversation. Okay. Um, All right. uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, uncomfortable. just right. a very small book about letting go based upon this aspect of, you know, we're all, we think that we want a very comfortable life, but in reality, having a problem um, is what gives our life juice and right. meaning. So getting to a point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable allows a much more open space of of not only uh, pure enjoyment, but also of being able to give to others from right. uh, from the heart without it trying to mean something about it. Right. And circle jerk. <laughs> And Circle Jerk Lessons of Manhood, my father never taught me. That'll be out uh, next year. It's taken uh, okay. me a little bit longer than that. And um, An Initiated Man, finally, will be coming out May 22nd. And I encourage all our listeners to come to the website at initiatedman.com. Grab your morning meditation and your and your first chapter, and I'll be the first one to send an email when that book's ready to come out. Awesome, awesome. Dell Henderson gave you lots of smiles on it. I'm sure he'll be going to your website shortly. Um, so, yeah, awesome. if people want to learn more about your work, more about you, get in touch with you, where, where, where's the best place to go? Uh, they can go to the website, adammlam.com. Uh, and, of course, I have a Facebook page as well. And uh, I really look forward to connecting with anybody who wants to show up. And, Sam, I just, again, want to just say thank you so very much for allowing me to come on. Uh, I think what you're doing is so very important. Uh, and um, in deep gratitude for our relationship. Oh, absolutely. And Adam, this is just the beginning. You have to promise me if you're ever going to make it up to New York City, you got to let me know, and, and I'll do the I same if I make it down to... Love, where... to be, love, be, love to come to the studio. Yeah, absolutely. It would be great to have you in studio and just to get together face-to-face. And real quick, Morning Manifesto and Manifesto Radio, where can people find those? Yeah, so uh, again, if they want to come to the Facebook page, the Morning Manifesto happens uh, every Friday morning at 7 a.m., and uh, Manifesto Radio is just about ready to launch. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rebranding of my current podcast. Uh, it's going to be a little okay. bit more targeted. It's going to be about 20, 25 minutes, uh, and hopefully, Sam, uh, you'll be one of my guests on there, too. And oh, it's basically, what do you believe in and how are you living it? Wonderful. Oh, I'd be thrilled to. Thank you so much, Adam. And so, yeah. w- once again, his website is Adam, A-D-A-M, 
M, a second M, lamb, L-A-M-B, dot com. So make sure there are two M's in there. Well, the three M's right. are all together, but two together. Uh, Adam M. Lamb. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come on the show. It's been a pleasure having thank you. you. Thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, I just want to close off the show. I want to let people know um, if you want to, I have my own uh, mailing list. It's actually a small list for people who are interested in doing the, the, in, in plant medicine work and doing sort of the sacred work and, and to hearing also a little bit about my own personal journey. I send out the newsletter. Um, you can just email me at sam at the conscious consultant and let me know if dot com. If you want to be added to that list, anyone who emails me, um, uh, I will add you to the list. Um, and so I talk about different events and things coming up. Um, as an example, uh, you know, we've been doing a frog medicine ceremonies here at the wellness center at Double Diamond Wellness. We just had one last week. It was very, very powerful. We have another one coming up April 12th. And uh, also have future stuff. We're, um, I've been working with Kai Cole, one of the other uh, hosts on the network, and Courtney Hale, who's uh, been a guest on her show several times. Uh, we're putting together a special uh, weekend retreat for Memorial Day weekend that'll be down in Delaware at a, um, uh, a beach house, a chill, um, like a kid's camp beach house with 30 bunk beds. We're going to be doing uh, talking about how you create your own community, how do you choose a shaman to work with with how do you integrate you know how to really be a community leader so we're going to uh, be discussing that throughout the whole weekend it's very affordable it'll be a great weekend to get away from the city and come down to the beach you can again email me at sam at the conscious consultant dot com thank you all for tuning in and listening thank you for all the facebook love you guys are awesome i appreciate you so much i love doing the show i'm so glad you guys are listening uh don't forget tomorrow we have follow me friday at 12 noon with joan and priya and tony martin editing nonprofit radio at 1 p.m thank you guys i'll talk to you next week You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. 
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 